Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that explores God's Word while enjoying the fruits of God's creation. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. Billy Currington summed it up well when he said, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. So let us join our hosts, Michael and Anthony, for this week's discussion. Welcome to episode number 133 of the Beers and Bible podcast. I am Anthony. And I am Michael. And we are back with you for one more week. We've had some technical difficulties tonight, so we've had to start over uh, recording, which is going to be fun. But that means you're going to lose out on uh, the, the cracking of the beers tonight because the beers have already been cracked. So, yes, we're, oh well. Yeah, <laughs> sorry we've, about we've that. We already drank, let's see, uh, eh, maybe not half of I haven't drank quite half of mine. Uh, the two beers tonight, one of them is not great. The other one is nope. going to win by default. So, um, But let's see. The final week of the quarterfinals of the Beers and Bible Big Box Bash. Um, we have the Founders All Day IPA uh, going up against the Stella Artois uh, Lager. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, IPAs are gross. We've said this multiple times, and, and we are not changing our stance. Don't add us. And based on the experience we've had in the last 30 minutes with the Founders All Day IPA, it's still gross, <laughs> but we'll drink it again because we care about fulfilling our obligations to our listeners. So We um, almost didn't drink it, We almost to be didn't. fair. <laughs> yes. we tr- <laughs> Founders really tried to make us not want to drink it, so I could not find it in anything other than 15 packs. Where I live, yeah. until today, I found a four-pack of it at uh, the package store I typically go to. So um, I guess I should have started there. But if we hadn't been yeah. able to find it, I would have said Stella Artois is winning this one unopposed. And we'll get an <laughs> automatic bid into the semifinals. So um, That's right. So Founders All Day IPA is uh, 4.7 ABV, 42 IBUs. They are based in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, and this is a... This is a uh, available all year if you are mm-hmm. an IPA drinker. I would like to point out we we asked this in the recording we had to toss out because of technical difficulties. <laughs> if you are a listener of our podcast and you actually enjoy IPAs, we would love for you to reach out to us and tell us exactly what about IPAs makes them enjoyable to you. This is true. Um, we'll share our socials and our email at the end of the episode so you can reach out and give us that info. But we don't Anthony and I we tell do, us why we're wrong. Yes. Tell me why we're wrong. Convince <laughs> us we're wrong. Have you seen that thing going around on like TikTok or Instagram now? It's like they're a 10 but some toxic trait. Yeah. I, I yes, feel I, I feel like yeah, she's a 10 but she drinks IPAs. Nope, she's not a 10 anymore. She's like a 1. Maybe a negative 1. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, so we're going to drink the all day IPA. Just to fulfill, like I said, our obligations to you guys as our listeners. We care yep. about making sure that um, we're we, fair and balanced. We're like Fox News of beer podcasts. Eh, <laughs> I don't want to be associated with Fox News if <laughs> I can right, avoid it. Probably not. <laughs> so 
All day IPA. Let's see if it's any better after it's been sitting open for 30 minutes. Um, half drank. So here we go. Half drank. Bottoms up. Still gross. We did not have to do this. No, we did not. So we, we talked about earlier, all IPAs taste essentially the same. Yes, they do. And I'm sure it's got to do with how they're brewed and how they're made and all that stuff, the ingredients, but they need to get different ingredients. It's not good. It's like it, IPAs are like boy bands from the 90s. They all taste the same, and you think they're all brewed by one person. Well, and they're in, just distributed around. In the case of Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, they were like they're they had the same manager when they first came up, I think. It's true. And that dude was shady from what I understand. <laughs> so if you Most boy band managers from the 90s were shady to be fair. <laughs> probably so. All right. So, let's move on to Stella. Stella, Stella Artois, Artois is a Belgian lager. Um, the can says 600 years of brewing heritage. Yes, it does. That's pretty impressive. That's impressive. Um, Stella is owned and operated by uh, Anheuser Busch. In case I didn't, I wasn't aware of that until I got on their website. I didn't either. I wasn't aware of that at all. So it's um, actually a bad check mark for you, Stella. It is. Maybe you should but, think about that. But I mean, it's not gonna, it's not gonna prevent it from moving on. And this is actually the only Anheuser Busch beer we had in the entire. That's true. Uh, quarterfinals. The people who voted for it probably didn't realize it was owned by Anheuser Busch either. Probably not. They also probably didn't vote for Bud Light earlier because Bud Light, That's I true. think, was up against all day. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so, Stella, um, we're gonna drink you again, and you're probably gonna. I you're mean, gonna win. <laughs> you're gonna win because we've already done this, but we're doing it anyway. So here we go. Bottoms up. Yep. Stella wins. Stella is actually a pretty decent, like, refreshing beer. Like, if you're it's hot. A, yeah, it's a refreshing lager. Like, um, it's not as good. It's a little lighter than Yingling, but it's it's mm-hmm. it's about par on par with Yingling for me. Yeah. I feel like it's, if I lived in a, in a like, highfalutin subdivision and I drank things with my pinky out, like, I would drink Stella after I cut my grass. If you yourself cut your grass, yes. If, if I cut my grass. Yeah. Uh, the, I would compare Stella to Yingling. Yeah. The only difference is Yingling is 70% of the cost of Stella. It's much cheaper. That's true. It's much cheaper. You can get, you can get 24 Yinglings for almost what 12 Stellas cost. Yeah. So. so but anyway, you Stella Artois, you're going to be the final finalist. Of yep. final semifinalist. That's how you. That's how you word that. Final semifinalist of the big box bash, and let's get over to um, our sheet here. And let's talk about our finalists. We're semifinalists. Our, our semifinalists. Yes. So um, that's where I was going. So next week we are going to have the Modelo Especial uh, going up against the Angry Orchard. Hard cider, mm-hmm. um, and then the following week we will have a blue moon going up against the Stella Artois. That is actually probably the most intriguing matchup of the entire tournament. Yes, it is. Um, Anthony and I are both pretty clear when we reviewed Angry Orchard how we felt about it. Um, maybe some bias there. 
not ashamed of it at all. Yep. And uh, so, so I mean, Modelo has a very tough task ahead to beat Angry Orchard, and I don't think it's going to happen. But nope. Blue Moon and Stella, because the two beers to me are pretty even as yeah. far as flavor, as far as you know, all that stuff. So we'll we'll see. We may have to invoke our emergency backup plan <laughs> to get a winner for that for that round. So you'll hear about it if it happens. Yes. So. Um, so that means we're actually only a few weeks away from having to review beers like we used to. I know. Like, go and find them ourselves. And <laughs> it's It has been kind of nice to just, like, walk in and pick up something that I know is at just a random store. Right. You know, that's been kind of fun. But, yeah, I, I'll say I'm ready to get back to some unique beers. I want to find some more unique beers. Yes. So. So. But there you have it. There is um, our review for the week. Stella Artois moving on. Founders all day being eliminated. And uh, after this short break, we are going to jump into the book of numbers. We're going to continue our walk through the books of the Bible. And next up is numbers. So stick around with us and we will be right back to continue our discussion. Welcome back to the Beers and Bible Podcast. Um, before we begin our discussion tonight through the book of Numbers, uh, we just want to take a minute to remind our listeners of the RFP camp meeting, the annual camp meeting that is coming up in November 3rd and 4th. Uh, registration opens on August 1st. The cost is $50, and that covers your... Um, attendance for the for the camp meeting um and that kind of thing you'll just have to uh, pay for your uh, hotel your food that kind of thing but it pays for everything that happens uh there at the conference it is happening at hope church hope church in danville virginia which is uh brian edwards church yep and we are looking forward to um Seeing you and being a part of that, there's going to be some really cool things that happen that over the course of those couple of days, and yep. we're just excited to be a part of it, and we look forward to meeting uh, any and all of you that want to come and be a part of that. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's some good speakers for that week, too. We got uh, Jared Wilson is coming, uh, which he's written a lot of books. I've read a couple of them. Um, but he's coming. He's going to be a speaker. You've got um, Mark Milioni, who is coming, who's a president of a Bible college. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'd be good to hear from him. And then you've got the three RFP guy, uh, RFP hosts are going to be speaking as well, as well as Brian Edwards' dad, Craig Edwards, mm-hmm. which um, a while back, uh, Brian and his dad did an episode of the RFP together. And I'll be honest, like, I'm pretty excited about Craig Edwards because that man has got a lot of wisdom. You can tell by just listening to him talk. So it's yeah. gonna be, it's gonna be really good. It's gonna be a good time. 
Um, we're also going to be doing a, a roundtable discussion with all of the RFP uh, family of podcasts, which is going to be a whole lot of fun. Um, so we would love to see you there if you can join us. Again, that's November 3rd and 4th. Uh, Danville, Virginia, Hope Church, uh, J.J. Weeks is coming. I've never heard of J.J. Weeks, but apparently I've, a lot of people are excited about him. Um, he's kind of a big deal. I don't know. I haven't. I have not heard of J.J. Weeks, so I'm I'm pretty excited about that. Get he's doing the music, new. right? Yep, yep, he's doing the music. Then you have Connection Music is coming. They're going to do one of the one of the sessions, and then Hope uh, Hope Music, their Hope Hope Church. So. It's going to be a whole lot of fun, uh, and uh, we will definitely be hanging out and enjoying the time in Danville and relaxing and doing things that uh, Beers and Bible podcast people do. So so we hope you can join us, and now we're going to dive into the book of Numbers, and it's going to be a blast, because the book of Numbers is fun. I mean, you think the book of Numbers is fun, don't you? I mean, it doesn't fill me with joy. It doesn't fill you with joy. So it, like... Okay. You don't hear sermons from the book of Numbers. Not very I'll say often. That. Not very often. But I, I actually like the book of Numbers, and maybe it's because when I was You're in seminary. A well, yes, I am a weirdo. That's that's correct. But when I was in seminary, I had to take a Hebrew class, and during that Hebrew class, we had to translate the book, like big chunks of the book of Numbers. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of like, I, I really liked Numbers when it got to that because there's a lot of repetition in Numbers. And. I guess to me, like the repetition is what shows that God is faithful because it's, you know, you have these, you're, you're counting these people and it's like, there's these people and there's these people. And you got to remember that the book of numbers is happening while they're in the wilderness. And so, I mean, this is literally the description of God providing for the nation of Israel. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know. I, it just, it, when you when you think about the larger context of numbers and not just like the words that are in numbers and that, I realize that sounds really weird but when you think about like more than just the words that are in numbers it it changes the way you see it because you you're coming out of Exodus into Leviticus Leviticus there there's a bunch of rules and a bunch of you know the laws and stuff like that and that kind of governs the way numbers is mm-hmm. and numbers is really the recording of the 40 years of wandering I mean, that's it's the narrative yeah. of the 40 years of wandering. And then you've got Deuteronomy, which is kind of like the ending of the book of Numbers or the last weeks that they're in um, the wilderness getting ready to go into the promised land. Right. And so, I don't know, It's Numbers is special, but I will say this also, like Numbers is special to me because the church that I attend, uh, every week we end with the blessing from Numbers, which is number six, uh, 22 through 24, the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and lift up his countenance mm-hmm. upon you and give you peace. That's yeah. also the song of the blessing. Uh, that's where that song comes from. If you yeah. didn't know that, it came from Numbers chapter 6. So right. um, there's there's some cool stuff in Numbers, and, and I think Numbers is an interesting book that a lot of times, because it's boring, because there's you know genealogies and there's counting of people and there's all these like really weird stories that happen in Numbers, mm-hmm. um, it, I think it gets a bad rap from a lot of people, and people skip it. Yeah, I, you're right. Pe- pre- preachers don't typically preach from the Book of Numbers because it's not a, it's not a like I can make some really awesome points that are alliterated out of the Book of Numbers, right? Or even like, how do you apply 
what you read in numbers or what it, you can possibly preach in numbers, how, how do you take that and apply it to our everyday life now? Yeah. You know, like, like it's, it's not really, it's not, it's not a little it's more rela- difficult. Not that it's not relatable, but it's more difficult to be relatable. If that well, makes sense. when was the last time that a large group of people have wandered around in a desert for 40 years? Uh, I'm going to venture to guess never <laughs> that the last, this is the last time. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so the events that happen here are definitely not events that we can relate to as 21st century. I mean, if we get stranded right. on the side of the road within 30 minutes, we've either got an Uber or a friend coming to pick us up and take us somewhere. So right. like wandering, we're not, we're in the not wandering, in, we're not wandering in the woods trying to find a, find a tire shop or something. That's yet. right. That's right. Yeah. So let's let's talk about some orienting data. We've we've kind of hit on some of it, but but one of the main things is like even during this time of the wilderness, you're going to see in the book of Numbers, you're going to see God's providing hand. And a, a lot of this stuff is going to go back to the Abrahamic covenant uh, from Genesis, um, continue through into Exodus. And all of the events that are happening right now and through the book of Numbers are events that are looking to fulfill the promise that God made to Abraham. All of this, the Pentateuch really is, is the mm-hmm. fulfillment of the Abrahamic promise from Genesis all the way back to Genesis chapter uh, 12 and chapter 15. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even though Israel is going to continue in disobedience, they're going to continue in rebellion, which shock factor here, that's going to continue to happen even past the Pentateuch. Um, we have we have God showing us through the book of Numbers that he remains faithful, um, his word remains true, and because of that, we can trust him. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, I mean, even, and then moving forward even, so, so you, we have all that, then we have the conquest of the land promised yeah. to Abraham um, that passed the first obstacle in the deliverance from Egypt and Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. And really, this sets up the second phase of deliverance, which is Moses through divine intervention leading the nation of Israel through the wilderness. Yeah. So you know, you have you have two censuses that happen. Mm-hmm. You got one of the the beginning of Numbers, and then one towards the end of Numbers. Um, mm-hmm. And and these are these are a setup for God's provision. They 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 really showcase God's provision because at the beginning of numbers you have a certain number of people and then at the end of numbers which is getting close to the end of the 40 years you have even more people so uh, it, it's it's a safe case to say that even in the in the there are people who died in the wilderness yes there are I mean mm-hmm. in a 40 year period of time there's just going to be people who die mm-hmm. but the nation of Israel, is as strong at the end of numbers as it is at the beginning of numbers. Right. Yeah. And so and that, that goes that goes back to what you're talking about, God's provision yeah. of the nation that God is like it's or pr- preservation of the nation even. Like yeah. God has chosen this nation and yes, he is allowing them to wander around mm-hmm. because of their disobedience, because of their uh, unfaithfulness. Yeah. And but at the same time God is still allowing the nation to 
repopulate when mm-hmm. people die off and and be fruitful and multiplying mm-hmm. even in the wilderness that's yeah and and that i think you know you come back to the you know how do we relate it back to 21st century us now right like that that doesn't seem feasible to us Mm-mm. to to make a baby carry a baby have a baby have a baby survive yeah let a baby grow into being a meaningful member of society to be a part of the nation going forward so that when they get out of the wilderness it's a that baby is you know now a now a citizen yeah but it just doesn't make sense to us in 21st century mm-hmm. how that can be done right how that whole process can happen because like you know my wife and I we just had a baby mm-hmm. everything about the pregnancy was very comfortable like in perspective to or in yeah. relation to what a pregnancy in the wilderness yeah. for <laughs> the nation of Israel would have been, you know? Yep. Yep. And what you, what comes out of this, this looking at God's provision in the wilderness is you, you kind of get two themes. Um, you have the theme of the presence of God, which is seen in the tabernacle, mm-hmm. um, which you remember that that was the ending of Exodus there. Um, the setting up, and then Leviticus kind of gave the laws of the tabernacle, and then you have um, the worship of God, which is going to come through the laws and the covenant. Um, mm-hmm. These are developed through the narratives of numbers. You're going to see this stuff um, developed out, and you're going to see how the book of Numbers is going to play out what was explained at the end of the book of Exodus and then on into Leviticus. Um, because when you have those two themes played out, um, you end up seeing a pattern that God's people continually complain, and then you see the pattern of um, really kind of the the second half of Numbers, um, where it's getting discouraging, and, and the nation is saying things like, I would never do this, or I would never do that, or I can't believe. We would actually, we would be the ones who would say things like that. Um, but we look at the nation of Israel and think these things, because Israel is doing things that just don't, don't matter, or, or don't seem appealing to what 21st century Americans would do. And so after we get through that, you know, that, that I would never do that. I can't believe mm-hmm. Israel could do that. Uh, that that when we, when we read numbers and really when we read a lot of the Old Testament, we're looking at we're looking at Israel like, how are you guys so dumb? Yeah, <laughs> uh, like how, how are you the chosen people? When time and time again God delivers them, God mm-hmm. parts the Red Sea and delivers like this is not in any kind of order, but He parts the Red Sea, delivers plagues. Yeah. Um, talks from a bush and they defeat a giant and do they do all this stuff like all throughout the old testament and then israel still like oh yay god but also like let's make a calf out of gold <laughs> or let's you know let's bow down to these other gods because everyone else is like it's it blows my mind and i'm sure i'm not the only person so yeah so anyway but but you're right. Yeah, I mean, we're very quick to forget our own depravity. We're very quick to pass judgment on to the mm-hmm. to the people of Israel because we we have the hindsight that they in the moment may not necessarily see is that God has 
is wo- has woven mm-hmm. his story throughout their entire story. Like the the work of Jesus is woven throughout all of the Old Testament, and we see where it's going. Yeah, um, it, it's a cycle. I mean, the the story of Israel is a story of us, right? Mm-hmm. We we sin, we we turn our backs on God, despite the miraculous things He's done in our life. Yeah, and then we come back to him and realize yes he is who he says he is and it's just a cycle over and over and over again yeah um but but this met this narrative this meta narrative it continues to show us that in spite of the grumbling of god's people Mm -hmm. um his story is continuing to be written in the way that he wants it to be told yeah it's not in the way that the writers of this of the bible it's not in the way of the characters or, or anything but it's being written god's way the way he wants it to be told and I think that's, that's such an important point to remember is that there are parts of the Bible we may not like or we may not be um, like super excited about. Like personally, I don't think I've ever read all the way through numbers. Like I'll be very honest with you there. <laughs> but at the same time, like I can understand that it's that it's an important part of Scripture and it's an important part of yeah. of the entire story, even if there's no like meaningful narrative. There's mm-hmm. no David and Goliath. There's no, uh, there's not like, it's not a book of wisdom like Proverbs or anything like that. Yeah. So um, even it just in spite of all that, like I can still recognize that the book of numbers is, is important. And, and, and we have to remember that numbers is a reminder that God's divine provision is always at hand. Yeah. If we simply just turn to him as our guide. Yeah. And, and and deliverance is right there for us, like the cloud over the tabernacle in the wilderness. Like like when you think you have exhausted all your options, turning to God and allowing him to handle those circumstances is as simple as just as just doing it. Like just just turn to him. Just just <laughs> I don't. I don't know how to how to more simply explain yeah. that. It's always easy to say. It's very difficult to live. Yes, you know, um, we it's it's really easy for us to talk about how we should put our trust in God and how it's how we should just put your faith in God. He's going to come through. He's going to be faithful. But it's so much harder when you're in the heat of the moment mm-hmm. and. And you're you're looking at a decision. You're like, I don't know what to choose. I don't know how to choose. You're paralyzed with fear, and and it's in in that moment is is the best time to just say, God, I need the I need your Holy Spirit right now. I need guidance. Yeah. I need comfort. And and you uh, you know, learn from the people of Israel. Don't turn to grumbling. Don't turn to complaining. Don't turn to things that they turn to. You know that. These stories are here for a reason. These stories are here to show yeah. us what not to do. And yeah. so, you know, l- the the good part about these sto- having these stories written down is we can read them, we can learn them, we can know them. Mm. And that's what's going to give us the confidence to say, you know what? I know. I've read in Scripture that God is going to be faithful, so I'm trusting God to be faithful in this moment right now. And, and when we have that type of confidence in God, not in ourselves, not anything that we can do, but when we have that type of confidence in God, it's a different type of confidence. And and it's one that says, I'm going to be faithful to what God has promised and what God is 
going to do in my life. I'm going to be faithful to that. So, all right. So let's walk through numbers. Let's let's hit all the high points. Um, kind of give us a breakdown on where mm-hmm. where things land, how the how um, everything's organized here in the book. So, really, the first two chapters of Numbers, we have the census at Sinai. Um, this is in preparation for the coming holy war. Um, we talked earlier that the counting of numbers is a part of the preparation for a military conquest. Yeah. Um, and and that is what this first census at Sinai is for, mm-hmm. this preparation for this coming holy war. Um, and then we get into the next two chapters through, uh, through chapter four um, is the account of the Levites. God is preparing a kingdom of priests. Remember, we've I think we talked about it when we talked about Leviticus. Um, but the, but the Levites are the priests of the nation of Israel. Mm -hmm. All right. So then after we get through, um, God preparing the, the priests, Mm -hmm. we have the cleansing of the camp in chapters five and six. Um, this is related back to Leviticus. We talked about the Levitical law. This is a reaffirming of God's covenant promise as they march toward the promised land. Yeah. They're going to be marching for a while. Yes, they are. it, It is, it is, um, it's a reaffirming of yeah. that promise. And this this is also where you get the Nazarite vow. And, mm. you know, you have some popular Nazarites were uh, Samson. Um, and actually, Jesus was a was uh, committed mm-hmm. to the Nazarite vow. But it's when people talk about not consuming alcohol, they, they're typically talking about the Nazarite vow. And so I think it's interesting to point it out from us, from mm-hmm. our perspective here, um, right. that the Nazarite vow is is a very particular thing, and and someone would have taken and it's it's a very specific time. It's not like they commit their whole life to it. Uh-huh. Um, they would take it for a specific amount of time, and it was to dead. It's basically what we would call fasting. Now, you take a specific set of time and say, "I'm not going to do something," and I'm going to dedicate that time to God for His service and for His glory. And so, mm-hmm. um, that is found right there at the in the end of chapter six, and that's actually what leads to the Arianic blessing uh, that God says to give to the people after he describes the Nazarite vow. So, yeah, um, yeah. good stuff there in chapter 6. One of my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> mm. All right, so then we have the next, like, two and a half chapters, uh, seven, uh, chapter 7 through, like, chapter 9, mm-hmm. about verse 14 or so. We have the preparation to depart, um, and, and this kind of ties back to um, the end of Exodus, talking about the tabernacle, that kind of thing. Um, and then the next few chapters, we, we get the, this is part of the journey. They're going from Sinai to Kadesh. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is really the point of the first census, right? They want to know who they have in their camp so that they can keep track of them. Yep. I mean, it's the point of any census. Um, and this really uh, – this is kind of the foundation uh, from where we get like the complaining a lot of a lot of the complaining that comes throughout the rest of the uh, the rest of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but but God provides for them. This is this is God provides for them, but He also judges them. Yeah. He, he is giving them exactly what they need, exactly when they need it, and but He's still going to judge them based on how based on their complaining based nature, on their based crappy on their, actions based based on their i mean they're but i mean you're not wrong um so but then also here we get moses's leadership being affirmed mm-hmm. because he's introducing the beginnings of what will become the two king the northern kingdom and the southern kingdoms um through joshua and caleb yep. 
when they finally get to the promised land. Um, it's kind of interesting to note here. Moses is never, not going to see it, but he's still affirmed as the leader. Yeah. He's the leader that takes them to the promised land, not the leader that takes them in the promised land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Mm. So. Um, in chapter 15, we get some supplemental laws. This is prepare, preparing the next generation for the laws concerning the promised land. Mm-hmm. Um, these will be laws that are specific to um, the land when they get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next three chapters, 16 through 19, we have uh, the leadership and the priesthood. This establishes Moses and Aaron and explains the law even further, the law that um, they talked about before. Um and then the the next few chapters there through twenty five we get from Kadesh to Moab. Um, this kind of this kind of tells the story of the march to the borders of the Promised Land. Mm-hmm. You know, we we just said you know Moses is going to get all the way. Basically, it's like getting to the bottom of the hill, or almost to the top of the hill, but not going to get over the crest. He's not going to yeah. see the Promised Land, um, just because that's the way it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so something interesting here is there's there's a little bit of talk about the death of Moses here and mm-hmm. and you know, I mean Moses doesn't officially like the death is not recorded until Deuteronomy chapter 34 as they're going into the promised land getting ready to go into the promised land, but you you when you talk about Moses, Moses is one of the greatest prophets or leaders of Israel in all of history. Mm-hmm. And so it really begins to set up this transition that's going to happen from Moses to Joshua right there by just kind of talking about the death of of Miriam and Moses. Um, mm-hmm. And so, but part of that is also going to lead to some enmity that has been brewing for a while uh, between the Edomites. Remember that controversy back from, from Genesis, the, the Jacob and Esau controversy. That's where that stems from. Um, and all of the, the controversy there begins with the Edomites and the Moabites who are unwilling to let Israel pass when they get into, the, you know, basically mm. to get to the promised land. They're, they're at the edge of it now, and there's this group blocking their entrance into it, and they're like, yeah, we're not going to let you get through. Sorry. Too bad. We don't mm. care. Um, and so that sets up the what's called the Balaam Cycles. And this is really interesting here because Balaam is this guy who's not an Israelite and he rides around on a donkey and his donkey talks to him. And if you, if you've ever not read the Balaam chapters in numbers, just go read them because they're absolutely hilarious. Um, Balaam basically beats his donkey because his donkey sees an angel of God and, and I'll leave it at that. And, um, it's, it's a lot of fun. So, so, all of that transpires here as we get towards the end of numbers, you know, 25, 26 into into that area. And mm-hmm. it's it's a really it almost seems like it doesn't fit. It's like a little sidebar, but all of these little side stories are setting up Israel going into the promised land, getting it ready for right. Israel going into the promised land which is the last section. That's Moab preparing to enter. So they get to Moab. Um, they're preparing to enter the land. Um, really, the last 10 chapters are dedicated to this. Um, yeah. And and the nation is, this is where the second census really happens. Um, 
they're recounting, they're getting ready, you know, they're again, they're getting ready for war is what they're doing. Um, and so once this second census happens, um, they're spying out the land, they're doing all of the things that good prepared people should do. And they're, they're somewhat, you can kind of see it a little bit. They're somewhat losing their, their fierceness. Um, I guess is, is probably a way to put it. It's like, they don't really trust God, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, we say we trust God. We're going to act like we trust God, but there's a little hesitation, you know? Right. Um, and so, so when you, when you get to a point in your life where you're saying you trust God, you're acting like you trust God, remember Israel, because Israel is the key example for, for what we should learn about God's people. Um, and the book of Numbers here really stresses God's faithfulness to his people, even through their doubts, even through their um, shortcomings, their disgruntledness, their complaining, their rebellion, all of that, in spite of all of their faults and failures, God remains faithful, and God continues to provide for them no matter what. And there is a song that I think of. It's actually, uh, ironically, it's by Bethel, um, which I don't endorse in any way, shape, form, or, or fashion. But it's a great song because it says, In all my life you have been faithful, and all my life you have been so, so good. And the book of Numbers to me is that summed up. Yeah. In all my life you have been faithful. And, mm-hmm. you know, if nothing else, we should be living our lives as a testament to the faithfulness of God's love in our life and his provision for us. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what the book of Numbers presents. That's that's its contribution to the meta narrative of Scripture. Mm. So, well, that's certainly a lot to think about and um, a lot to digest as we tried to tackle this quickly. <laughs> um, we've, I, I know Anthony kind of teased it at the beginning. We had some technical difficulties tonight. Yes. So if you've made it to the end of this episode, we appreciate you and are thankful for you. Um, Anthony, would you like to pray for us before I will. we get out of here? I will. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the odd books. We thank you for the books that um, don't always strike us with, with great epiphanies and and wonderful stories of, of heartwarming uh, people of God doing the right thing. We thank you for stories that we can read, normal people wandering in the wilderness, wondering how they're going to trust in you, but yet you remain faithful to them. We're so thankful that you're a faithful God, and we're so thankful that you provide for your people and you take care of our every need. The Gospels tell us that that even if he takes care of the sparrows, how much more will he take care of us? And so we're thankful mm-hmm. for your faithfulness in our lives, God. I pray yeah. that as we continue to study, as we continue to walk through books of the Bible, God, that we would continue to see your faithfulness in every single story, in every single book, in every single chapter of every single uh, verse that we read, God, that we can uh, rise and tell and live out your story to the world around us, that we can tell the people around us about you and about your son who came and died, who paid the ultimate price for our sins uh, and gave his death uh, for us as, as a substitution for us. 
And so we are so thankful for that provision in our life. Uh, God, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for even in the midst of technical difficulties that, that you can get us through a discussion. Um, God, that would we pray would be honoring to you and be glorifying to you and that you would use to teach us something new uh, from your word. So we ask all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, Michael, give us some social media feeds. If you would like to follow the Beers and Bible podcast, you can do that on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore. You can find us on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. Find us on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast. And finally, you can email us. We are at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions about anything we've discussed so far or any questions really in general about the Bible, theology, doctrine, what we believe, why we believe, we'd love to hear you. Uh, we'd love to interact with you and, and get those questions and have those conversations. And then also, maybe just as important, if you have any beer suggestions, we would love to hear those from you as well. Yes, yes, yes. Well, until next week, we hope that your beer stays cold and your Bible stays open, and we will see you later. Peace out.